When you're acting as your doodle's teacher during training, do you know their learning style? Take our exclusive fun and free quiz to find out at thedoodlepro.com slash learning and make training more fun and successful. A lot of our doodles have some Velcro tendencies where are you able to go to the bathroom alone? Probably not. (laughs) And that means you need some real time to put in if you need them to be able to stay behind a gate or in a pen separated from you before you are exhausted with not sleeping at night and feedings day and night. It's something that you can really get some success in before the child's trying to get into their dog bowl and (laughs) grab their food and so that they can also have a break and some respite from the chaos that our young little ones can bring. Yeah. Yeah. And that idea of lack of sleep and how that affects all of us, it can affect the parents, but it can be the same for the dog. And dogs do need a good amount of sleep every day. And if they're constantly stirred or awakened, then chances are that they're going to be grumpier too. And yeah, just like us. Yeah, we do want to make sure that our dogs get their rest so we all can be our best self. (laughs) What's your advice for expecting families that they're used to their dog sleeping in their bed? Yes, so that's a really great one. Doodle breed dogs are easy to love, but can be challenging to parent. I'm doodle expert Corinne Gearhart, also known as the Doodle Pro. And I'm here to help doodle parents have a more fulfilling and rewarding experience with their doodles. No one has professionally worked with as many different doodle breeds or has more experience with doodles than I have. And I love to share my expertise in a fun, compassionate, and non-judgmental way. From my years of work and education in the pet care and dog training industry, I have an incredible network of skilled training, grooming, and veterinary professionals to share their knowledge with you and give you the doodle-specific answers you're looking for. I hope you enjoyed today's episode as I help you parent your doodle like a pro. This is part two of my interview with the doggy doula, Tanya Lim. This interview is fantastic for parents of young children of all ages who also have a furry family member. In this episode, You're going to hear Tanya's fantastic step-by-step plan that both expecting parents can start now and for people who have young children and dogs in their home to get started so they can have the best relationship possible. Make sure to catch last week's episode number 45 to learn more as to why we should care about how our children interact with dogs, even if your own family dog seems to just let them do anything. I can walk you through what I typically do with my ideal client who would have gotten in touch nice and early in the beginning stages so that we can... Before baby. Yeah, or as soon as they know that they're... Now let's work together. Let's make sure we have enough time in order to address what needs to be addressed and to set everybody up for success. Perfect. Tell us this unicorn client. How would it go? I like to think about it and even split into 
three trimesters. So the first trimester is where we are most proactive when it comes to creating a training plan when it comes to addressing undesirable behaviors. Things like jumping up on people, that's not ideal if you're carrying a baby or even if you're pregnant or once you have a baby, maybe you have a lot of family and friends coming over and that can definitely be a huge source of stress and something that we work on as one of the main issues that people are experiencing is jumping and be like noodles for the jumpers out there. Jeez. Well, from my experience, but yes. They have springs on their legs. I mean, they are built for it. If there was the Olympics for it, doodles would win. Jumping, barking, resource guarding, and so on. We want to get those out of, or at least handled, managed, out of the picture as much as possible before baby arrives. Because we know that once baby's there or here, then we don't have as much time. Our focus is completely shifted. We will probably be pushing things to uh, the unresolved category and it can be a lot more complicated. Then we want to make sure that we teach and refresh the dog's ability to respond to basic manners and cues that we're asking them to do, both with carrying a baby, both while carrying a crying baby, and I'll go over these exercises shortly. But the main stuff that I work on is having really great stationing. So go to your mm-hmm. bed, lay down and stay with duration as a, and as I'm moving around, the calm, touch, drop it and leave it. Those are all really great foundational skills that we want to make sure that we really develop in our dogs. Mm-hmm. And the third part from the first trimester for the ideal client is determine, reduce, eliminate the dog's attention-seeking behaviors. Because some dogs may have learned that they're right by you, they're pulling at you, they're whining, yes. they're barking. And when, if you've managed it so far, you are that much more aware of dolls when you have a baby that is trying to sleep. Maybe they just fell asleep and it was very hard to put them down. And now you have your dog making sounds and moving around and being all um, anxious to receive your attention. Knowing what those attention-seeking behaviors are, if any, and addressing dolls, giving the dog appropriate ways of requesting attention, reactions, or even increasing their amount of enrichment during the day can be a really great way to go about with those. And that's during all during the first trimester. That's the first trimester, yes. Which Mm -hmm. is, you're, I just said something when you're finding out that you're pregnant and you're planning your baby registry, just to think how many steps it will be to get your dog ready for baby mm-hmm. before you're postpartum and exhausted and in the thick of it. Yes. Yes. So what do you do second trimester? Second trimester, we work on body language a lot. I actually have a game. It's a card game. It's great for adults and it's great for children. 
I think it's from the family dog. And it's a card game where there is different pictures of dogs and there is green, yellow, and red. And if you saw this dog, would you approach them? I find that sometimes that can be a fun game to incorporate to help people learn about dog body language, as well as observing their specific dog and pointing things out as long. Then we move on to practicing with the baby doll. Now, a baby doll, the dog is not necessarily always going to transfer the baby doll to a real baby. However, it can be really helpful to just build that visual of, hey, I'm going to be carrying something around and this thing will be making sounds too so yeah i'm practicing that go to your bed as i move back and forth with my baby i have videos that i play with baby sounds of baby crying baby laughing adding in those sounds so that the dog experience them that's actually one of the difficult thing about baby not too many difficult things but baby Crying can get some dogs really stressed, anxious, yep. and as a result, they can end up barking. That'd be the most common one. Uh, so I want to create exposures to those baby sounds. We can start at low volume, observe the dog's body language. If they seem stressed, we adjust. And as the dog gets more used to those sounds, then we increase the volume to bringing it to more of a real life type of sound and yeah again just that exposure can be very important so even if you are listening to this and you're not able to do a ton of training exposing mm-hmm. the doll and the sounds can be a huge help when it comes to preparing your dog and little babies they're not crawling around or grabbing the toys or bones or anything yet but they do sound like little baby squirrels. <laughs> like the the sounds that an infant makes, not even in distress and crying, can really hyper arouse a dog. Yeah, yeah. I recently met up with a family. I didn't work with them in advance. They had just had their baby with their dog, who is anxious. So what they ended up with was whenever the baby was crying, the dog would be barking. And that mm. would just go on and on. And it would just create that much more stress and anxiety. Dog, so yeah, that can be a pretty common one. Then we want to learn how to incorporate um, what the Family Pause Programs term as success station. So success stations are baby gates, crates, playpens, and so on. So areas where we can provide the dog with the opportunity to rest unbothered by anybody and separated as needed. Um, I find that depending on the dog, that can be one that is easier to get started earlier as well because if the dog that is not 
used to being separated. They may be whining. They may be barking to be let out. But as the child continues growing, that can make all the difference. I, yes. When I get called for dogs and toddlers, a huge percentage of the time there is no management or no success station being incorporated at all. Mm-hmm. And then the dog's bed is at the metal of child crawling. And those fluffy beds can be just children love them and then dog is sleeping and then child is on top of the dog and then you just start to enter that stressful stress cycle cycle that leads to yeah more and more stress and being uncomfortable around each other so sensations putting up a bunch of baby gates around and having areas where everyone can do their thing unbothered, it's extremely important as well. I completely agree. And a lot of our doodles have some Velcro tendencies where are you able to go to the bathroom alone? Probably not. (laughs) And that means you need some real time to put in if you need them to be able to stay behind a gate or in a pen separated from you before you are exhausted with not sleeping at night and feedings day and night. Yep. It's something that you can really get some success in before the child's trying to get into their dog bowl and <laughs> grab their food and feed it so that they can also have a break and some respite from the chaos that our young little ones can bring. Yeah. Yeah. And that idea of lack of sleep and how that affects all of us it can affect the parents but it can be the same for the dog and dogs do need a good amount of sleep every day and if they're constantly disturbed or welcome awakened then the chances are that they're going to be grumpier too and yeah, just like us yeah we do <laughs> want to make sure that our dogs get their rest so we all can be our best self <laughs> What's your advice for expecting families that they're used to their dog sleeping in their bed? Yes. So that's a really great one. I always make sure that we cover this part because, yeah, it can be so important. You may be sleeping during the night with your dog there and your baby in the same space. And let's say if your baby's crib is not high enough, then you have that potential of dog and baby being alone in a sense because you're not necessarily looking at them, which can definitely be an area of concern. So I always ask my client, where is the dog sleeping? What crib? What are you using when it comes to where is your baby sleeping? Looking at how tall is the dog? Can the dog get in there if the baby is crying or moving? Because the dog may be a lot more aware of that too. Oh, something is moving there. Something is making sounds. They may want to go check it out. But we wouldn't want our dogs to be checking out on our babies anyway. So if we have a situation to where... um Things are not aligning. Dog has access to the crib. Dog is really big. Crib is small. Then we may need to start to consider, can we just start 
asking a dog to sleep in another room or can we create some sort of like a playpen situation? It doesn't have to be forever. It can be for a short term just until everybody settles in together and we learn more about the dog's tendencies, their interactions, and we just build our confidence with things. Um, yeah, can we use management in order to prevent dogs' access to the child during the night when we're not supervised? That's an excellent point. A lot of people use little co-sleepers, mm-hmm. little bassinets that attach on the side of the bed. And so if your dog's sleeping, it doesn't even matter how tall or not. If the dog's sleeping on the bed, it's attached to it. Yeah. And we know what the fatigue is like when mm-hmm. you're... A new parent. <laughs> yeah. you're, you, while you're sleeping, you are hopefully really getting some rest yes. and you're not actively supervising that pair. Yes. So pedestrian crate can be an option to put in the bedroom too. But I also, going back to that previous point, I also want to make sure that the dog is not waking up every so often when we're feeding the baby so that they're, again, they're not getting a good amount of sleep. There's definitely a good amount of factors to consider there with everybody's personal situation. But mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> so you have more on your list of prep? I do. I do have a few more items. Can you share? We'd love to hear. So the next one on the list is the baby equipment. Because when it comes to baby equipment, we may have motorized swings and items that make different sounds. So for some dogs, things or things that make sounds can be either exciting or can be scary. So what we do is we just test it out. So let's just bring... Mm -hmm. Whatever swing you have, let's just turn it on and let's see what your dog is doing. And we observe, does the dog care about it? Is the dog, if the dog doesn't care, that's great. If the dog is freaked out, then we can help the dog feel more comfortable around it. If we're seeing that the dog is doing something like trying to bite at a moving toy or something, we can teach the dog, hey, go to your bed when I turn this on and that's what I want you to do. And just One other aspect when it comes to equipment and babies is I like to dance with my baby doll if my baby is in bed swing and I go to lift the baby up, what is is the dog going to do anything? Because yeah, for some dogs, it's like something that is up can be enticing to want to chase after or to try to drop at. So we Obviously, don't want to discover this when we have a real baby because that can be such a huge source of stress. We are wired to see things differently now, and the dog can count. It's someone to be afraid of if we are presented with these types of instances where we get stressed by what they're doing. However, if we've done this work in advance and we have an expectation of what the dog may be doing first that can make us feel better when that happens like okay i knew that maybe something that yeah this was coming (laughs) or it was like we 
we knew this was going to happen and we took the time to teach the dog what we want them to do instead of that thing. Mm-hmm. We and that's really important what you're talking about with the equipment. We uh-huh. have some of our herding breeds uh-huh. where movement, their job is to like control movement and to be hyper focused on it. So our Aussie doodles, our Sheepa doodles, that they're built for that. So that swing going back and forth, they can really become hyper fixated. Yes. Yeah. So if they do end up hyper fixated, then again, that idea, do we need to manage to where maybe replacing the swing in an area where the dog won't be spending much time at, or okay. are we going to focus on teaching the dog a skill that they can do and that go to your bed, lay down and stay. I use it for everything. So yes. I'm not that alternate yeah. behavior. Yes, that is the best one to breeding master when it comes to affecting families and families with toddlers with the highlight of the bed is not going to be available to the toddler. Mm-hmm. And now we've completed the second trimester. We're starting to prepare for the baby coming home. One thing that was, again, another big realization with the Family Plus program was that idea of sometimes we think I brought the baby home. I put the basket on the ground. My dog went and they sniffed them and they licked them and everything was fine. And now it's, hey, we all we're clear. Yeah. There's nothing else to concern or to think about. So they feel like they sniffed the baby in the little car seat, gave them the licks and they think they're in the clear. They're in the clear. Yes. But I like to steer us to a different type of mindset, which is that of a period of time where everybody is getting used to each other, getting to know each other, getting to know that new routine, the new way of being within the home, because a lot of things are going to change. So just having the mindset of this is going to be a period of weeks and months to where we're not necessarily going to focus on the dog having complete and total access to the baby. We're going to start mm-hmm. easy buying mm-hmm. observation, building familiarity through observation. That is just so important. The dog doesn't need to be on top of the baby the whole time. Just having them included during times when family is together or the baby is doing, I guess, sleeping or some of those more relaxing times of the day. Yes. Um, yeah, can be an important mindset. So preparing yourself and your dog for Labor Day, as you mentioned, where is the dog? Who is going to uh, bring the dog back home when you get there? What you mentioned earlier, baby registries. I really encourage my families to put a bunch of food dispensive interactive toys on their registries. To put pills and yeah, and things that other people can get for them and they can have a great variety of activities for their dogs because 
even though let's say now we're getting less walks during the day, we're still supplementing it with mental enrichment and food, mm-hmm. um, dispensing toys can provide that type of activity that can still keep the dog happily occupied. Uh, yep, local recommendations are always welcome. Knowing who is there to help and support can make a huge difference. And I can just give a few quick highlights when it comes to that moment of bringing the baby home. So that yes, first please. initial moment. I find it helpful if the two parents are able to meet the dog together or separately one after the other without the baby being present there because it might have been several days when they weren't together. So there's going to be some excitement. We mm-hmm. wanted to great moments of let's just focus on meeting the dog, getting them through that stage of excitement and settling down so that we can then introduce the baby. When it comes to introducing the baby, I always advocate for keeping the baby in a carrier or someone can hold the baby, but the baby is elevated. We're not putting the baby on the ground in the carrier so that the dog goes to sleep. And we just want to err on the side of caution. And I'm saying that because, again, like one of those videos that we were looking at had this family put, no, definitely no judgment, but it was, yeah, again, when we don't know who. But yes, don't put the baby on the ground. Keep them elevated. When the dog is first meeting the baby, provide the feed for a quick sniff. So again, going back to that bed, go lay down on your bed and stay. Once the dog is lands, then we can say, go say hi. The dog goes, sniff the baby's feet quickly and we direct them back to their bed. And the dog seems stressed. In any way, we can start to pair the movements or the sounds of the baby with words, with things that the dog likes in order to create positive association. We Mm -hmm. just kind of adjust our moves based on what we're seeing from the dog. And then again, we're just going to build that familiarity through spending more and more time together by hanging together but not necessarily actively interacting together and that kind of wraps it up after that we just check in okay it's been a few weeks or it's been a certain amount of time what are you seeing from the dog is there anything that is bothering you or concerning you do you have any questions with people being very aware of how can work on changing dogs' emotional responses and be aware that if my dog is looking stressed, I'm going to give them a break. Here is this activity I want you to do and and just go from there. It, you just highlight how important it is to, while you're planning the nursery and your registry and your prenatal appointments, to be prepping your dog well before baby comes home. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah, I think that's really important. Yeah. 
main goals are to prepare us as much as possible and decrease any amount of stress that we may be experiencing due to our dog's behavior that we couldn't figure out in advance. I have one more question for you that I hear frequently from new parents as they're planning their due date. Is it better for my dog to stay somewhere else for a while, to board, to stay with family for the first week or so while we bring the baby home? Do you have thoughts on that? Yes, I do. And I find that this is pretty personal for the family and personal for the dog's behavior. For example, if let's say the family is living with a dog that maybe very high energy or has some issues like walks are strapful together. Finding those families may prefer to have someone help them out for a period of time until they can settle in with their baby and feel ready to invite the dog back into the home. That Mm -hmm. can be such an important point to stress when it comes to mental health because it can be a challenging time with a lot of changes and if we need our dog to give us a break having a friend family member daycare pet sitter available for us to be able to be like hey i'm really overwhelmed please look after my dog while i get this situation together can help the relationship really can help save that relationship from adding stress onto a get more patient. Yeah, when everyone's together. Yes. yes. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I know, Tanya, you work virtually, so people all over the world can work with you and your doggy doula services. I believe you have a discount for our listeners if they wanted to work with you. <laughs> yes, of course. And so I am happy to provide the Doodle Pro podcast listeners with a 10% off of our Doggy Doodle consultation with the Doodle Pro promo code. So if you are expecting a baby and have questions, need help on creating your training plan, want to bounce some ideas off, I'm happy to support you. So feel free to reach out. Wonderful. Where can people find you? Yep. So we have our website, familypupspupz.com. We have our doggy doula page. We have our own podcast as well. It's called the Family Pups Podcast, where we discuss the most commonly requested dog behavior and training issues. On social media, I am at Family Pups most active on Instagram. Wonderful. It is such a delight having you, Tanya. And it's wonderful to chat with a fellow Coloradan here as well. We've been stuck in the snow for too long this winter. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. As I mentioned in the beginning, I find that this is still a subject that needs a lot more light 
when it comes to presenting it to the public. So I really appreciate you having me on and having this conversation. And I really hope that your listeners found it helpful and can take a few nuggets as needed or even share with someone who may be expecting. Thank you so much, Tanya. I really appreciate it. Thanks for joining me on this episode of the Doodle Pro Podcast. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. And I invite you to follow me on Instagram at the Doodle Pro for behind the scenes peeks at all of the adorable doodles I work with daily.